0: adidas.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast thank you very much have a great day and enjoy the show it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas
1: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. It's the fly in. It's the fly in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in.
2: Clock. A No.
0: episode, C... that's the worst one. <laughs> I didn't even get any numbers out. It's episode, fuck, it's episode 3, season 12 of the Fighting God Podcast. Today I'm joined by John Bass and Felonious Filth. How you doing boys?
2: Very well, thanks.
0: Yeah, you enjoying the heat? Last bit of heat?
2: It's only going to get worse, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm deciding that I, I like the heat and I'm just going to enjoy it and everyone should just sort of stop fucking every two minutes, like news stories about it. I don't care, it's a little bit of heat. Hello, let them
2: die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> John, John you're, you're on the podcast. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> who's you're on the podcast.
1: Fuck me. on the pod- them in this scenario. I it's don't serious. know. Just horrible
2: people. <laughs> anyone.
1: Anyone who doesn't like the heat. Anyone who's affected by the heat. Just let them all <laughs> just fucking <laughs> die. Let,
0: let die. the body stack up. <laughs> Balonis <laughs> does not give a shit um spe- speaking of which uh, john you posted something you tweeted something the other day mm. and um it was uh you you quote tweeted a video from no context brits and this you you tweeted me said uh at Flav, every time he introduces me on love the shirt and this you boys won't be able to hear this but this is what he's referring to
2: one of the in my life,
0: I'm here in the Peak District and about to meet two right, massive, fatty siblings who are at the peak of their porkiness. I'm going to be meeting some right beach blubber bellies. I'm in Luton, Bedfordshire and about to meet three right, jelly belly jumbos. Right, so I, I was a bit concerned by this because this is a gentleman. Who, who's, I don't know what this is from. Some sort of presumably show on Channel 5 or ITV where he works... With people who are overweight. I have never in in the history of the fighting cog ever said anything negative about your weight ever. John. I, it's true. Um I'd say so, it was more so,
1: the I'd say what it was you, more the spirit. Why have you put it out there on the public? <laughs> because public. I'll tell you why. So I'm I'm the same as you. I, I sort of vaguely recollect that guy's face and I think this show was like a sort of ten o'clock channel four like Britain's fattest people or like fighting fat club or something like that right but you can see how much the world has changed in a short space of time that's that's not that old that clip and now it's like you'd never talk to people that way rightly so right because it's just super offensive so it's not so much exactly what he's saying it's just the tone of the first thing to like describe the people he's going to meet is based purely on their size mass and dietary requirements right and that is very much the way you tend to introduce me, which is John Bass, the, the man with a body the size of a planet. John Bass, a gargantuan human.
2: The Goliath.
0: John Bass, a Goliath.
2: That Someone's got of a shit. clip all that up.
0: Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, but, <laughs> I don't, I don't, no one's got the time for that. But that, John, that, you, I, I, that's a good thing as a man. You want to be a man mountain. Women love it. Yeah, Men love mine. it. You've got a whole category in the porn, in, in, well, probably in the porn industry, but also in the, in, in, you know, the LGBT, Q plus,
1: yeah.
0: That you've got a whole category. So What are you moaning about? You're um, every woman's dream and some men's. To stop I'm not, it, I'm not stop moaning. playing a victim.
1: I'm not playing the victim. I'm not moaning. I'm just, I'm just m- merely highlighting how uh, funny it was. Uh, that it really did just remind me of our sort of interactions on a weekly basis. So such I thought a... I'd just put it out there to the world for people to enjoy. Um, and as T said, the the dream scenario is someone goes back through the catalogue and <laughs> cuts together a fighting cock version with um, you doing introductions to you know my size. But yeah, such... I'm,
0: I love I love being a big cuddly man. Nothing yeah, it's wrong such a it. massive massive Goliath of a hairy man, <laughs> juggernaut. Just as much. John's so hair. Uh, John's body wear, body hair weighs as much as I do, um, which is uh, which is fair. Apologies, John, if it took you aback. I, I won't do it. No, no. I'm just, just trying to make <laughs> no. people laugh at your expense. Uh, we yeah. we got to get on with it. We got to get on with it, John. Right, we've you given on. you right. a chance to reply. Well, let's just get on with it, shall we? Hell, hell. Uh, <laughs> lots coming up this week. Uh, we have a wonderful win against Southampton. What will that mean for the season? How far can Tottenham go? Can we win the league? How important is that game against Chelsea next week? The glorious Deke, uh, why Emerson continues to divide opinion, we'll be answering loads of your questions as well, but before all of that, you know it, everybody knows it now, NordVPN Reid, here it comes, actually, do you know we usually start with a smut, but we're not going to do that this week, we're going to start with some Spurs stuff, alright, because you know that Tottenham Hotspur in the Champions League, boys, do you know that, you're aware of that? Tottenham Hotspur, they're playing in the Champions League this season. And one of the most frustrating things for a a, a fan who's going to watch Spurs play abroad is the cost of hotels and flights. With NordVPN, you can set your position to different countries and get cheaper prices. I had no idea about this. Other countries, you, you have different prices based on where you are geographically. So you pay more in England merely for, for being in England. You can use NordVPN to trick these airlines into thinking that you're in a different country and therefore you pay less, not just for flights, but for hotels as well. So what could cost you 600 to 700 quid to fly to Madrid when we go, end up going to the Bernabeu, um, the, uh, the Bernabeu and then and smashing them up, but you don't have to pay 700 quid to do it. You can use NordVPN to pay cheaper prices. All of this is legal. None of this is illegal. Um, so that's not a bad thing, is it? And
2: people are still going as well. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I wish I'd done that before, knowing where your wedding's going to be, John. Because it would have saved me <laughs> fucking loads of money. You know how much, you're how fucking expensive. This bloody thing's has Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm happy right. to be invited. I'm just saying it's been yeah. pricey.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pricey for you as a guest. I mean, it's it's gonna co- it's gonna cost me a little bit, mate. Uh, it was your idea,
0: on. mate? No one forced <laughs> was, you to do it.
1: It's your idea. It was. It was. But you think about it, right? You're just offsetting it. Um, when you use, you know, your, your NordVPN, you are just offsetting a bit of your cost for that, so it's fine. Now you can use that. Think about all the extra shit you can you can book when you're out there. That will be cheaper because you'll be
0: abroad. I, I was, I'm so surprised that it. it's like it's this this situation where you can, like, depending on where you are in the world, you pay different. I mean, it makes sense because there's, you know, what people earn are different elsewhere. But you know, you can take advantage of it basically. And the the, the thing about this is that anyone who's known who's travelled with Spurs is. You get, you get bent over the barrel when you're travelling. They, they know what's happening. They know Spurs are going to the Camp Nou or they might be going to Munich or wherever it is and the prices get hyped up for all football fans. And if you're not going to the Champions League, then you use it for, um, to save money on uh, you know, wherever you are going to be travelling for your holidays before the end of the holiday season. Anyway, um, let's get on to the spicy bit of NordVPN, the bit that I like the most. Um, if, if I say to you, boys, quick answer, live Jasmine. What are you saying? What does that mean to you? Or do I like? Or do I know what it is? What is it? It's a pop up.
2: It it's, it's a it's a pop up. When I when I go to a certain place on the internet, it's a pop up. That's all I know or, about
0: it. Let's so say the best thing in the world, right, is when you go down the pub with your mates later on the weekend, just out of the blue, just go to your mate, Life Jasmine, yeah. How do they react to that? Because you you've caught them on the back foot, right? You caught them on the back foot. How they react is fascinating. So most go, what? Huh? What? Hmm? I don't know what that is um but but what Nord, what nordvpn does is st- it stops all those dirty pop-ups from, from happening like hot mums in your area are you sick of wanking off to pornography well why don't you go and visit one of the hot mums in your area you won't get that pop-up either there are no hot mums i by mean
2: the way. i mean it's, the thing is it's like depends on where you are so you know if i'm in a certain spot and i yeah hot mums in yeding said, so, i've been to Yedding, mate no <laughs> No, <laughs> and and there's
0: certainly loads of hot mums waiting for you to just stop wanking at two a.m. in the morning to chat to them. I don't know. Maybe
1: um, maybe it's not like we're thinking about it in a sexual way. Maybe it's a temperature based uh, pop up where they're literally they are overheating and they need help. Right? And actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's hot mums. Literally hot like mums. A, like you know, like a dog that's been stuck in a car in a summer's day, and it's the only <laughs> only the right thing to do is to let it out. This is a pop-up. Like, basically, they all sign up to this thing going, are you a hot mum? Like, fucking yeah, I'm boiling at the minute. <laughs> <dude."> and then <laughs> and it what pops up they you know do? you're awake because you're out there wanking. They think, right, they come round thinking they're going to get some. I like then, the, then, Yeah, you open the door and they're like, oh, thank fuck, I was boiling in there.
0: I like the idea that these hot mums are out there and they're, um, they're, they're really hot. And that's the only reason why. And they somehow think that, that they're, they're trapped in these cars, these hot mums, or, or in their rooms. And the, the, the way to f- save these hot mums is is by adverts on X-Hamster.
1: Yeah, they know where all the strong, the strong horny men are who are definitely <laughs> going to come round and open their door, right? Which is all they need doing. They just need someone to come in, open the door. So it makes sense. So that's, we've been looking at it
0: wrong all these years. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, a mate of mine told me the other day that, um, that uh, he'd completed X-Hamster. And um, what, what this mate... I'm out
2: of quiz, i on that.
0: Yeah, what this, mate, um, what this mate said was that he used NordVPN... Very good mate of mine. He used NordVPN to access X-Hamster in another country and apparently hadn't completed X-Hamster. There's tons of X-Hamsters out there, depending on what country you are. Fill your boots. You, can't, you basically cannot complete it. Anyway, NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there. Protects you from all kinds of viruses and security breaks. And it's, uh, it you know, costs the price of a coffee. And as we said, you can use it to, to, uh, to save you money. NordVPN will give you all these features and save you money. It depends how you use it. Anyway, grab an exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash thefightingcock to get a huge discount on your NordVPN plan. Uh, one additional month for free, and it's completely risk-free because you can cancel it any time. 30-day money, uh, money, money-back guarantee. So, boys, uh, Spurs played a game of football at home this week. I'm not sure if you noticed, but uh, yeah, we, um, we went there and pushed Southampton's guts right in. What was your immediate reaction after the game? What did you feel about it? Apart from like an overall contentment, what's what was your take home from the game, team? You
2: know, sometimes when the boxer just has a huge knockout and they put a mic in his face, I'd have been like, <laughs> "Bring on City! Bring on Liverpool! Bring on Madrid! Bring on Munich!" Yeah, but um, it was it was wonderful because um because he the goal and the Spurs. Gallows hema gene kicks him freaking. oh fuck's sake here we go yeah. they're gonna get a second because um I don't know what it was like at home but I shat the bed every time Ward Prowse got the ball anywhere near our area I oh, thought well, he's gonna fucking dink it he's, in isn't
0: he? he's there's an aura around James Ward Prowse, yeah that is unlike any other like he's good but he's not like it's sort of like when he gets the ball when you're playing at Southampton you're thinking He's De Bruyne. It's like that level of skill. You're thinking, what? Yeah. How has this happened? Like he's got a few free kicks, and suddenly he's fucking Kevin De Bruyne. Is that
2: right? It feels, it feels that way. But um, but no, there was it was lots to celebrate. Um, you know, start of a new season. There's been a lot said about about the window, um, positive and, and negative. It's just nice to just see everyone out there. I mean, none of the new players started, but it's fucking wonderful, and it just bodes well. For what do you make of that,
0: John? Um, the fact that none of the the, the new players started our bench comprised almost entirely entirety of of our summer acquisitions I think that's um I
1: think that actually shows what we were trying to do over the summer which is just to it wasn't necessarily about strengthening the first 11 it was also about like creating a stronger squad and I listened to the sort of five statements pod that you and Cal did after the game on Patreon I think um, Cal made a, well. You both made a really good point around. If you look at our bench in the last game of the season against Norwich versus our bench uh, in this game, like the difference in quality, the options we were able to bring off the bench if we needed them, were like exceptional. And that's the, that's the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And I know we said it all summer about signings and players coming in, and, and I know we didn't have Richarlison available. But he probably, let's be honest, he probably would have been on the bench, right? So that would have mean that the entirety of all of our summer transfer windows wouldn't have started. And I think that that can only be a a positive thing when you get a really good result because it just basically shows that they are going to have plenty of games, right? There's no way that Perisic is not going to start all season he's going to be on the bench. Same with Basuma. But they're going to get their chances and I think it was good to just get some consistency. We've got like a little bit of um, you've got to get these players bedded in, right? And I know we've had pre-season and we did those signings early but they do need a little bit of time just to acclimatise to the league for some of those players that have come from uh, kind of elsewhere. but. Yeah mate, I'm I'm really happy with with that and I think we we've, we've got a good squad as it stands anyway. So those signings are just a little
0: sprinkle on top. I didn't have any issue with the fact that we hadn't we started the team we did. I had no issue at all. It didn't you know there there've there been times and it, it it happens through every manager seems to do it. They'll get a new player through the door and they'll start on the bench or even like we've said it a million times but Loris starting on the bench um and the right maybe. AVB, sorry, sorry. And, um, you know, so just get him in. Bradford was obviously shot to bits. Just get Lloris in and let's start this this journey we're going to have together. Um, and, and generally, you're thinking, well, that player we brought in is going to prove our first team. Based on the performance for, for large parts of that game against Southampton, especially given the fact that this is the same Southampton team that beat us last year in February, actually, that I was super confident, even without having this incredibly. Deep bench that we were gonna we were gonna do it, and even when Ward Prowse scored, and it was a cracking goal, and you know, it's exactly everything he's about. I, I would you? That's, I think that's a good question. Was you fearful, John? Was you fearful of the of what might happen after he scored that goal, or did you have faith in in, in Conte? Yeah, I had. Like,
1: I think sometimes these things happen. It's it's not. It's very easy sometimes in these games. Um. To just kind of, especially when you're at home, to think oh, this will be a walk in the park. We'll get a good result here because we've got a great manager, great players, all the rest of it. Sometimes things happen, and you have to just deal with it. And that's really the mark of like good, good quality teams is overcoming adversity. And like when you can see the goal kind of early in the game, like that, and it, it will take you a little bit to kind of um, shake it off. But to be honest, after that, we were excellent. Like our recovery yeah. from that position was was exactly what you wanted to see. They didn't look. Ah, oh, here we go again, Kind of resigned it was like okay fine right let 's go again like we 'll we'll score enough goals here to be fine and after that point we we really were just dominant for the whole you know rest of the game, so yeah, it was fine uh, T, who was your man
0: in the match
2: uh, It's difficult to look past um Kulisevsky, to be honest he was it was just amazing it's just you know obviously this is going to be said I had throughout the season, but i just can 't believe we 've got him but I think from the opening was from you know from opening kickoff he was just. On it all game, rewarded with a goal, at, which is, a, you know, I thought was goal this amazing world outside the area. See the replay, just like from the edge of the box, to see they got it around the keeper. But Mate, he was excellent. It. And it's nice to see the synergy he's got with um, Son and Kane and that they're both happy for him to have the ball. Sometimes you almost feel that when, when Kane and Son gave the ball to a Lucas or a Bergvine, they weren't sure they were going to get it back if any quality. But I feel with um, Kulusevski, they... They just let him do his thing because there's going to be times when all will try doesn't come off. But it's, and that's, that's his first home goal as well. I had no idea he'd never scored at home before before last Saturday. But well, yeah, that it's got to be him. Not,
0: that, I think that was his ninth goal for Spurs, so it means eight have come away from home. That's mental. Yeah, you might be right as well. Yeah, wow. mad. Well, I mean, and this is um, we had a question here from Dan Dan the Man in the trash can. He says, uh, "How long does decky have to continue this form to not only be the best youngster in the league but the whole bloody world?" I mean, John, if he continues this level of performance, but like if it doesn't drop for him, but like this is what he can deliver and no doubt will become better in the next year or two, then you are... It, if, if his level doesn't dip below where it is now, you are talking top-level European player. 100%. I mean, it
1: gets mentioned on every podcast since we signed him about how young he is and it still doesn't really sink into me just because of the the way he's just come in and just been levels above so many like quality players and especially players who are of a similar age who get accolades more than he does I mean I've seen a few people make the the Foden thing like they're really close in age and Foden gets talked about like the future of like not just British football but like European football from an attacking point of view yeah, Kuliseski's numbers are way, way better than Foden's. Like it's not even—it's it's not actually close at all. Like Foden,
0: Foden's just been around for years, though, isn't he? I, exactly. He's, been, he's,
1: he's got a reputation as like, oh, he's a pro- prodigy. He's going to do this and he's going to do that. It's a little bit like Saka as well now, right? He's like got a reputation as like he's going to be this. He's going to be that. Kulu is that right now? Like he is that guy. And I think that um, there's a stat about since he signed for us in terms of goal contributions or sorry goal involvements like he's third on the list behind Son and Kane so we have basically the, the top three since he signed for us and it's like Salah and De Bruyne so you're talking like top top players in the bracket since he's joined Spurs that are doing stuff in the Premier League to the same level as him like it's unbelievable so yeah mate if he carries on like this he'll be one of the best players in the best league in the world that's that's what we have to say
0: See, um, Son and Kane were relatively quiet by their own high standards, uh, which gave Kulisevsky so much space because they it seemed to me that Southampton done a lot to try and put huge amounts of pressure on Kane when he had the ball. It seemed like they were kind of trying to negate the fact that he was trying to drop and spin and trying to play Son or Kulisevsky in or another player who might be overlapping. But he wasn't being able to do that because they, they really put did a number on Kane. They just didn't give him a chance. Every time that he tried to set himself he had like three players around him. Son similar, but to a lesser extent, he had a little bit more space. But it just gave Kulosevsky freedom. And I just wanna I guess I'm gonna ask you, is this the best front free in the league? And if it's the best front free in the yeah. league, does that make it the best front free in Europe in outside Europe. of PSG? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or in the world. <laughs> <To> <laughs> the world right. yeah, but if it's European, it's um, the world, isn't it? It's probably. It's up there. I mean, I, I would definitely say it's up there. Um, I'm not I mean, not to talk about other teams too much, but I didn't see the Liverpool game. But just like Nunez did all right in his first game, so is it, is it him, Diaz, and Salah? Maybe, maybe they're the top three, but we're not far off from at all. We're definitely, definitely on, on that level. I'd yeah, say.
0: very special. Do you, do you any cause for concern at Son and, and Kane being quiet, John? No,
2: nah, uh,
1: if anything, uh, this is a positive for me, if I'm honest. Because those two, they're always in the mix. And it does get to that point of, well, yeah, that's their job. Right? So it's always a bit like like reliant on them. I find a weird phrase, like that's their job is to score score goals and create goals. But it, it is always nice, I think, when teams can score and they're... they're essentially their best scorers aren't involved because it just shows that you can when you need to. Uh, other people can chip in. So I, I didn't think Son played that badly. I didn't think Kane played that badly. I, just, I think they were trying They were trying a little bit too hard. I think Son was... Uh, Son particularly, like it was a couple of occasions he should have slipped Kane in. And then after that, Kane's in, trying to get shots away. And that's
0: just the nature of having two strikers that are at that level where... There was that moment where uh, Son was carrying it across the box and he's just like, shoot, yeah, shoot, sh- shoot, <laughs> shoot. Why won't you shoot? Like Like I... Like I'd know and I'd reacted much better than Son could in that moment. But it just felt like just ping it. Fucking is it. And then Kane's sitting there and he's waiting. Kane wasn't in the best position to score in that instance no. either, because it, the keeper could have come across and it would have been difficult. And and you can't ask or or you can ask Son to pass in that instance, but you can't blame him for wanting to take it on because he's we've seen him do that so many times where he's just he's just buried it from that position. He has the technique to do it. Um, but there was that moment where Kane didn't receive the ball. Son was on the floor because he sort of fell over after he hit the ball. And um, Kane had a go at him. I think he might have thrown a few aspersions at him and Son. I won't go into the details. Still. Yeah. I what are you so, thinking? Um... What, how how Chingford <laughs> did he go?
2: <laughs> I don't know. I reckon he probably just um, like he punched a wall and he went back in, in the tunnel. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I could lose um... it. But there's a couple of things I wanted to bring up, actually. Um... One of which is, because um, you talked about the subs and the depth, right? And um, they took off Sessegnon, who's probably one of our better players, or Perisic. Yep. I just thought, so Walker. He was in the, he'd been unragged by Sessegnon for that game. Then he'd bring on Perisic, who's just like, just like fine shit out.
0: We tweeted at the Times, like, imagine being 4-1 up against, in the Premier League and then bringing on Perisic, our first sub. Our first sub, and it's Perisic. It's just, un- and I just do. We want to talk about potentially what we could do this, this season, given this result, in a bit. But I just, like, it does feel like this is different to what it was before. And I know we get, this gets aimed at us a lot. Like, oh, next season it'll be different. Next season it'll be different. But this is this season and it feels different. It's not, we're not talking about next season. And I remember, do you remember when, do you remember when, um, some some of the conversation back when Conte took over was like, this is his pre-season. Like we're halfway, we're, well, we're a quarter of way through the actual season. But Conte was going to treat this like this is his pre-season and next season is the one that counts. Now, the, the beautiful irony to that is that we he got us to qualify for the Champions League from 11th, I think it was. And we're, we're now in the Champions League and no one expected it. But it doesn't change the fact that this is Conte's season, not that one that we just passed because there's untold challenges. And we talked about how light the squad was against Norwich on the final day of the season, which we had to draw, I think, or win. I can't remember. That's a better Arsenal result, whatever it might be. And um, yeah, we we, we kind of find ourselves now in a situation where we've swept aside uh, Southampton. Again, the team that beat us in February and played very well, came from behind twice. It's not a team lacking spirit. It wasn't one that was demolished by nine-goal drubbins or House and Hootle was all over the place and it was the end, close to the end of his demise. This was a, a Southampton team that was playing well and did play well against Conte Tottenham. And now, given the fact that he doesn't have the challenges he had then and he could return to the squad to finish the game off, meant that we did. We've, it, there was no point where this was any worry other than maybe the, the couple of minutes around Warprowse's goal. I haven't got a question. I've just said loads of stuff. Uh, John, <laughs> say something.
2: I think... I've got a T um, Go,
0: go, T, go.
2: The thing of the Southampton goal was... Um, I'm watching the game and I'm kind of a bit anxious because, you know, we're a goal down. But then I kind of... I think someone actually near me mentioned that they've not really had a shot on goal, have they? Apart from that shot from Ward mm-hmm. Prowse. Like that we actually were on top. Sometimes it takes something to just jolt you back into reality because I watch the game in the context of being a Spurs fan. Like, I only care if we're winning. You know, if we're losing... I'd, I can't just say, yeah, but we're playing well. I'm like, fucking, why are we losing for? It just, just felt very irrational at, at that time. But we were all over. And we were creating so much. And there were just so many good performances from, from all around the team. And um, and I guess if um, Richarlison was on the bench and Kane and Son were underperforming, you could have brought him on. And how do you even deal with Richarlison? Because he's not like... He's very chaotic. And he's good, but he's very chaotic. How do you even... As defenders, how do you even fucking you know um legislate for that
0: See, we're going to get to a situation where where that is going to happen richarlison will come on for an underperforming son or kane probably less Okane and almost certainly son do you think that that will pose problems do you think son will throw a hissy fit if he gets taken off on 59 minutes for richarlison if he's playing like he did the other day
2: i reckon he will but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i'd I would struggle to think that Son would um put himself before the team in what could possibly be a massive season under someone like Conte who none of the players have seen this like. Obviously Mourinho has that kind of gravitas, but Mourinho's sort of on, on the way down. But Conte is like very much one of the best managers in world football right now and you can just see the difference in the team from when he's on now. So if Conte um you know, subs him off early, I don't think he'll be, he'll be he will be too mad if you end up still winning.
1: Any thoughts on that, John Boy? Yeah, you, you want players to be annoyed to be taken off. Like, I can never understand that thing of like, oh, he's annoyed. Granted, don't do a garley and like just fucking lose your shit at the disrespect of the club. But like, it's okay <laughs> if he's annoyed that he's coming off because he's either annoyed at himself for not playing well enough or he thinks that he was playing well, in which case, the next time he plays, you best believe he's going to put in more effort to be like, I'm going to show you that you shouldn't have taken me off. And also, you know, to T's point, this is a huge season for us. Like I, I really do think like Conte believes we're going to we are he wants to win the league. I think that's his aim. His aim is I'm going to try and win the league this season. And so the players have to buy into that. And if that means as a player like you're getting dragged after 65 70 minutes if you're not playing well, that's it. Like you just have to accept that and you have to be ready for next week. So I think we we're, we're just in a different place now where nobody's safe essentially and that's a good thing because you want you want the squad and the team to be put in the right direction it's not just about you know Son and Kane um, being our best players therefore they're they're untouchable like there were a lot of games last year when Son was not playing well and we didn't really have an option to replace him we do now and so
0: it'll be interesting to see how he um, how Conte deploys him I've been scrambling around to try and find the tweet from uh, Fabrizio Romano talking about the young left back from Udinese who it looks uh-huh. like we're we're about to sign. I can't remember his name. Do you guys want to have a good punt here?
2: All I know is that his name is Destiny. I forget what his surname is. That's fine.
0: Let's go, let's go with Destiny.
2: And um, the, the, the
0: great thing about this is not that we're signing this player called Destiny who apparently was only behind Perisic in the amount of goals or chances created from his position in the league. Um, but the fact that Conte wants to buy him and we're be- we're loaning him back to Udinese. That's the most exciting thing about this whole story is the fact Conte is not looking to leave; he's looking to build for the future. D- did anyone else pick it? Like, did you pick up pick up on that, John, or or is it am I just being hopeful? Just maybe, yeah, well, maybe maybe Conte's he's found his home and he's ready. to Maybe
1: stay. I-, I think with the whole Conte situation, I, I think you said like many times. Contracts are meaningless anyway, right? Pep signs a role in one-year contract. Some managers sign a four-year, and then they get sacked after eight months. Like the whole thing is—it's just an illusion of security anyway. So the only thing that you can like really know whether or not your manager's happy and going to stay is if your manager's happy, and he stays. It's simple so, as that. And so to- just
0: create an environment where he's where yeah. he is happy. It's and not like he has like- this.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, it's not like he hasn't managed UVA, Inter Milan, the top two of the two massive clubs in Europe. It's not like he's now seeking to, to go out and, and, and you know find a club like Juve to manage. So a, a contract doesn't protect... If a manager wants to leave your football club, contract doesn't protect you. Because no. they are the figurehead. If they're not happy, then the squad won't be happy. The training won't be as efficient. The tactics and the passion on the sidelines won't be there. All the things that Conte relies on. So it doesn't matter if you have a contract, a contract with him or not. All you've got to do is give him the foundations from which he can build. And if you do that... Then perhaps he will be happy forever. Until we don't want him anymore, and then there's no contract to worry about. Maybe. Maybe I'm being too idealistic. I'm not sure.
2: T. <laughs> <laughs> His surname is Udoji. I, I, looked, I looked that one up. But um he wasn't he wasn't in the squad over the weekend, um, the Udinese squad. But um it does look promising. Maybe um, Perisic knows this is going to be a one year and done, but Perisic was at Bayern Munich for a year, I think. you get told wrong, and then he won the Champions League. So well, he's got two year contract. Maybe he could do he? that for us.
0: Maybe a two, two year contract, though. So he's going to be at least two years. Unless
2: we oh, sell okay. it. Yeah, or unless like he a... plays in the front
0: three. Just, I mean, it's so exciting. In fact, we're actually talking about a squad that we're not having to plug holes and rely on Jaffit Tanganga to play against Manchester City and have great game against Liverpool. Brilliant. Jaffit Tanganga. But. That's you know, not what we want, we want quality we want absolute quality forever and always and that's the, uh, the B1 did you see the the tweet from Eric Dier um, he uh, he scored the goal and he, he posted four pictures up and he went up to uh, he, he tweeted Jaffet Tanganga and said Japhet didn't believe him I told him to put me in, in his FPL team and he didn't believe in me and then just posted those pictures I just thought... oh, on Eric Dyer, we've got a question here T, this is mostly aimed at you because know you hate his guts. Um, <laughs> but can't fucking find it. Uh, but it's basically along the lines of um, you know, Eric Dyer is still not in the England squad. When will the Slabhead uh, be taken out so Eric Dyer can take his rightful place in the England setup? I agree that he should be in the England setup. I don't want him to. I don't want him to go to the World Cup. I want him to stay. But Cal told me. In you were you having a private conversation, where you're whispering at each other's ears so no one could hear you. But you, you think Eric Dyer could be upgraded upon? I don't know if I should yeah. have said that. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> okay, let me let me just the first point first about Maguire. Maguire actually plays very well for England. It's one of those ones where shot for his club, good for his country. So it is a conundrum because you pick players that are on form. So that's why he's, uh, Maguire starts for England. Also. I, it looks like England are starting to play with a flat-back four, and I don't know if Eric Dar is that reliable in a two, as he, as he is in a three for us. So, yeah. He should at least be in the squad, as you've said, but as for as for starting games, I think we've, I think the Maguire and Stones partnership won't be broken up if both are fit and unable to play. Um, as for what Cal said, stunned by what I said, if... Um, Eric Dyer and Ben Davies are your undisputed first choices. You've got to ask questions in the sense that they're both very, very good defenders. But first names in the team sheet, uh, I don't know. But they're doing the job and fair play to them. But I'm, I do kind of feel that they can be upgraded upon.
0: When, um, when there's, there's images of them lifting the Premier League tro- trophy, I'm going to do everything I can to spoil any kind of good feeling and celebration you have based on what you just said, <laughs>
2: just so you know. Well, maybe, right. maybe, maybe this bit of audio will go viral, and then when I do win the league, or, you know, it'll be down to me.
0: <laughs> that's the energy I've got for you right now, too. Um, Emerson Moreau is dividing opinion along with Eric Dyer, apparently. Um, so I thought he had a really good game, John. I, I thought he was, I just thought he was, like, good. I just thought, again, once once again, just doing exactly what he was asked to to, be, to, to, to do. By Conte's, get in the position, run the line, be tidy, and do your best. When you get into the final third, we know there's limitations. He set up a goal. Yeah, he got an assist to his name. I think, if I remember rightly, I'm pretty sure he did. Um. Yeah. What? What? Like. What? What? What did you make of his posi- his performance? Did he have a good game? And should people lay off him a little bit?
1: Yeah, I mean, i I've, I've, um, I think everyone has. I've been critical, critical of him in the past for his like attacking output, and I think a lot of people have said like, oh, he'd be good as a right back, or he'd be good in a more defensive side, you know, he can get up and down, but he's better defense defender than he is going forward, but the sort of second half of Conte's run last season and a little bit of we've seen from him in pre-season, including this game against Southampton, I thought he looked pretty good, like pretty decent and I really do think that Conte obviously thinks there's something there, because there's an ample time Um, to rotate him out, essentially. I think he's... Players um, as well there. Yeah, we've got players. I mean, put it this way, I got a message from one of my friends who's a United fan, and he was looking to put some Spurs players into his fantasy team. And so he was asking me about, do you think I should take Royale out for Spence? And I was like, well, I don't think Spence will play much at all this season, if I'm honest, because I think basically (coughs) it's Royale and Doherty to fight it out. And at the moment, like if Royale is playing at this level, which is pretty decent, I'm not saying it's like Danny Alves, peak Danny Alves years, but it's decent. And it's going
0: to be hard for Doherty to get in, to get back in, let alone Spence. You can't drop Emerson Royale off that performance. And certainly that comes off the back of the last three games of the season, where, remember, everybody thinks about the game he played against Watford, where he had... Almost 40 opportunities to cross the ball and never found one of our players. But by the same token, he went to Anfield and got man of the match. Yeah. In a game we could not lose. So you, you, got, you, you can't... Ju- I mean, everybody... I understand if people are being selective in their memory, and I get it. And if you've made up your mind about a player, and I understand it, I've done it myself, and, and I continue to do it. I have agendas against certain players. And it's difficult to let that agenda go. But until Royale has a super bad game, we've just got to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think. Charlie G sent a question. He says, why is everyone mugging off Royale? He's been consistently improving and is so hungry to be a part of the team. He played very well yesterday too and Conte clearly believes in him. Don't get it. it that, that's a big part of it as well. His willingness to just be involved. He never made a stink. He just he continue, in, in, in Spurs media, he continued to be positive despite the fact that Matt Doherty had become our first choice right wing back. And yet he was there. And the minute we, are, we needed him, not only did he just stand up, but he, he made us better. So you can't. You, you, if you're chucking players, if you're ready to dismiss players for playing well and performing well and showing the right attitude, then I'm not sure what you actually want. What do you, what do you make of these situations here?
2: Well, actually, had a conversation about it. I think it's either half time or after the game. Well, with Cal, again, and I said, "Fucking no, not not this time, not this time." Man, the to shake him off this time. Um, <laughs> um, but um, she called I him was... Cal the
0: Rash. He's always around.
2: <laughs> so um, I said that I thought, we I did all right," and I, I got. Don't, I
0: don't mean that, Cal. I don't mean that. <laughs> don't take that to so heart. <laughs> that was a joke. It's a fucking joke.
2: Sorry, carry on. And I kinda of got jumped on a little bit for saying that he had a good game. The thing with Royale is that it's effort, it's a hundred percent effort. It doesn't always come off, it's not always effective, but it's always willing to try. Um I do believe we probably will need someone of maybe a better emperor, product, someone we know is gonna get a few more assists because um the way the wing backs <laughs> are set up, he should really be, you know, getting better getting better numbers than he does. But he's gonna be a fan favourite because of his, you know, unwavering commitment to the cause he does everything that's asked of him and you know um, I think I think for now for now the place is his but maybe by the time the World Cup comes it might be a different story again but it's nice that yeah. we've got options
0: indeed indeed um if it ain't shiny I ain't interested he says is the yellow card on the jersey a warning to other teams about how many yellow cards we're going to get yeah if we're not attacking the goal we're attacking you I love that um this is off the back of Romero's scissor challenge on. On. Romeo. Romeo, yeah, sorry. And uh, so that. <laughs> the first part of this game, I was in a car, and I won't go into really. it's just boring. But I, I, I missed the first part. I was listening to it on the radio, and they were. On the radio, they were going, Well, that's a, that's a yellow card. Like, it's a dead certain yellow card. I mean, this isn't, isn't even a conversation. And the really goes the ref hasn't given it like I've watched it about three or four times. And it's like so much of yellow card is unreal. I guess the question is, John is, is, is it a problem that he can do something so mental is disrupting their play when they're attacking worth the yellow card or the risk of the yellow card? Or do we simply accept that this is what Romero is and we should never, ever change him? Where, where, Where are you at on that?
1: Um, I think we have to accept that there is some method to his madness. Like, he obviously gets booked quite a bit, but I think he was a couple of bookings away from a suspension at the end of last year and then didn't get another booking. Like he, he's, I think he is clever enough to know there's a line. And, yeah, sometimes he will be right at the line and the ref will basically book him or send him off. That will happen, right? Because when you play the way he does, that is going to happen at some point. It's law of averages. But I think actually he's pretty smart in what he does. I've I've noticed that he's like quite prepared to for certain players just smash them as early as possible. It's old school, like just let let them know that they can't like take a touch. And some players are really really good players and we saw it I think last season that are good enough to not have to take a touch and then lay it off or we'll just play one one touch but passes and try and go around in that way. And that might work, right? But it means that they're having to do much more difficult stuff than having a touch, hold it, back in, find a path, take more time. And the more he does it, the more that that becomes like in the awareness of players. And they start second guessing it, thinking it's going to come. And yeah. then he doesn't go tight. They, they try to flick it and he's just there and intercepts it. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's just really I think he's just really smart and really cute with it. I think we just have to embrace that at some point, he's going to snap someone and get sent off. He hasn't happen.
0: actually had a red card, at Spurs yet. No, exactly. But it, it will happen. It will it, happen. It, it, did
2: he? Because Vitesse.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, straight red?
2: Uh, two, I think it's two yellows in 10 minutes.
0: Don't count, then, does it? Exactly. Don't, it's true. it's Shit competition. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, is so friend, pre- friendly basically isn't fuck the test basically let's, let's, let's focus <laughs> this, this. And it, yeah. but it isn't a bad thing that a player will get receive the ball with a back to goal and know in their head I'm going about to get smashed by Romero at any moment and if it comes <laughs> yeah. if it, the, the, it's almost worse in their head if it doesn't come they'll be like oh, oh fuck yeah. it's like when you, someone says they're going to punch you in the face but at some point during the day but you don't know when you're <laughs> going to get punched your whole day's ruined so therefore your whole game's ruined if you don't know when you're going to get smashed by Romero, that's worse than getting smashed in the first minute. Um, How hyped are you about the performance? And does it change the way you feel about the, se- the season, T?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say I'm overly hyped. I just think I've been hurt so many times that I'm always a bit wary of um, jumping on the hype train. But that game went about as well as it could possibly have gone. Uh, you know, obviously, the night before Arsenal won. And their fans are crowing, and even some of the media were were big enough up Arsenal. But I think that I think we've put we put a marker out right there, not just for other teams, but for people within the squad, because um, as I said earlier on, the six new signings didn't take part yesterday, didn't start the game, and they'll have to see the level that they've got to fight towards. So training has got to be very, very intense. So definitely, hard to definitely think top four is probably the minimum. But yeah, bring it on.
0: So we've got Chelsea John Boy, yeah, how um what are you thinking about the game? I mean there's never a good time to play Chelsea, but if there was, is this it so i've seen
1: a lot about Chelsea, and i i don 't know whether like i've um i 've completely missed something or not, but I feel like. Um, there seems to be them getting slated quite a lot. And I appreciate they've had all these problems off the field and stuff like that with their finances and all, all these other various different things like going wrong at Chelsea. But they still have very good players. They they still have excellent players. And I get that there's, some of those players don't want to be there and they've got one year on their deal and they're letting it run down and all the rest of it. We also have an awful record there. So, I'm I'm going into this going okay. This is really, and I know it's the second game of the season, but this is really the first proper test of actually where we are because they're still decent. We have a horrible record there. We we really need to turn up, and I think this could really like. I think it's a kind of a, a good time because it's it's a a bit of a win win for us, right? If we go there and put a marker down, then it's like okay, great. If if it doesn't work out, obviously it's so early in the season, right? You can put it down to just still getting up to speed. But I do think we have to. We should really be trying to earmark this as like this is a corner turner for this squad, and like this could really propel us um, start of the season.
0: I mean, if we win, then the narrative completely shifts massively. Because pe- people like are saying, "Well, Southampton, you know, you expect to beat Southampton at home. Although most teams won't beat Southampton the way that we have as conclusively as we have at home. But if you go to Stamford Bridge and win, then it's it's a different thing altogether. At right now, if you had the opportunity and you and you took a one-all, if we we could guarantee a one-all draw, would you take it? T?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think the important thing is just to just to get beat. I know it's a defeat, but I don't think go it's go to it's the s- game. S- just saying, s- sensible. Too
0: just say, well, it's not defeat. Is this it's, realizing that it's a long season and making sure we don't get beat is more pragmatic than defeatist.
2: Yeah. yeah um, I think that's probably the most important just to just not get beat up also there's so many options for for you no know, so many options to terms of pick, picking from the squad it just feels an awful lot better than in the past where I don't know, you could see a Harry start in the game, for example. Be like, oh, "Fuck off!" I just think I'd be happy with almost anyone in that squad from we, Saturday.
0: We, we know that Matt Doherty isn't going to start as left wing left wing back. That's that's what we know. Oh, please, and, for and sake. We, and this is the thing is that's, <laughs> the, that's the caveat that you have to add to those two games that we lost against Chelsea. We lost one in the cup, did we? No, we had, did. We have two legs in the cup.
2: Yeah, um, we lost four times. <clears throat>
0: we lost four times from last season, <laughs> three of which were uh, you know under Conte, but. Matt Doherty as a left wing back he isn't the answer. It's not. It's a stopgap. It's a plaster over a wound. It's not. It's not what how you go out and beat one of the best teams in 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 Europe. Um. So let's see what happens with a squad, especially because it's early in the season, a squad that isn't in any way hampered by injury. Anyway, no significant injuries other than Skip. Basumba played part of the game, so you know that he's going to be match fit if we need him. So. I'm. I, I can't say I'm looking forward to it because I never look forward to these games. But I feel much more confident now than I would have done, probably ever. Even I know the last time we won the league was under Pochettino. Um, Delielli scored two goals and it was amazing. But even that at the time felt like a surprise. If we win on Saturday or Sunday, rather, it won't as, as great as it will be. I don't think any of us will be surprised by it, and that's a different. That's a different ballpark to what Tottenham were in the last 20 years going to Stamford Bridge. Don't know. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, uh, we've got some questions here. Uh, Ken Mertes, he says, a lot of noise about prices of pints at the local pubs. Wife and I are flying across the pond for the Fulham game. What is the Fighting Cock's recommendations for a pre-match pint? The stadium, uh, number eight, bricklayers, Bill Nick. What's the difference in atmosphere? I don't think there's much of a difference in atmospheres. I think probably the number eight or what used to be the Belinair is probably the They can't really divide them, really. Where would you recommend, boys? Uh T, where would you recommend if 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 you'd never been to Tottenham, where where would you go? What pub would you go to?
2: It's, it's difficult to tell. I mean, you know, there's there are quite diverse pubs in Tottenham. Depends on what you're after. If you're not offended by seeing a few strippers, then you go to the Bill Neck. Um if you um if you want to have poor quality lager, but it's near the stadium, you go to the number eight. Um, if you happen to be a bit more hipster, you probably go Bluecoats or I think it's a high cross and Beaver Town next to the stadium. But also, there's decent options inside the stadium. But as Flav kind of alluded to, you're, you're paying six quid a pint in the stadium and in most pubs around Tottenham. So, I don't know, yeah. maybe people might start going to um, Liverpool Street or Wood Green much- or whatever. Is that, how much
0: is? is that how much a pint is inside the stadium, six quid?
2: Yeah, don't quote me on that, because the Beaver Town it was all six quid, and I believe the Amstel was over six quid, but it might be another pint, some of that's below six quid. But um, yeah, we, um, it's pretty pricey.
0: I, I live in Wiltshire in the middle of nowhere, and, and uh, a pint of Madry is £5.50 out here. So I don't think... This is uh, restricted to the area of Tottenham, although football fans tend to get fleeced wherever they go. That's why you should get some NordVPN if you're travelling away <laughs> in Europe. NordVPN.com forward slash the fighting cock. Get your offer in. Save money when travelling to watch birds play. Um, yeah, well, there you go. There you have it. There's lots of options. You can't go wrong, mate, especially if you're coming from the States and you've never experienced going to Spurs before if you're in the stadium or in one of the I think if you want a more authentic experience of what it's been like over the years then go to go to one of the pubs around, around. Um, I'd but, probably say uh, Britlayers. I'd say do you know what I'd probably say Britlayers. Well, it's by no means the yeah. best pub and the beer is not great but in, in terms of experiencing what it's you don't go to football to drink good beer you never have you go football because you want to spit on away fans And if you want to do that, (laughs) then the Brit Laser is your answer, my friend. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Bua says, how do you think the transfers will... um, How do you think the transfer we got will work their way into the squad? Hard to imagine Perisic and the like staying on the bench for too long. John.
1: Yeah, as I said right at the top, I think... um... Makes sense at the beginning. Keep keep some consistency, but as we start getting to a busy schedule, we start getting Champions League games. Would cup you bring games.
0: Would you bring any of them in for the Chelsea game?
1: Uh, I might bring in. I might potentially bring in Perisic.
0: Well, Cessignon was great. He was really. He good. was
1: great. He was great. But I think having someone big game, big game, big game, big game. and experience, and basically saying to Cessignon, you're you're coming on. Like you're coming on at 60 and like, then just say to it's just fucking give me everything for 60 minutes because I'm pulling you off uh, not p- <laughs> pulling you off <laughs> beautiful um, <laughs> I'm taking you off uh, and then I'll pull you off if
0: you play well um, <laughs> then you can come in my mouth
1: yeah exactly and I'll swallow it if, it depends how how well you get on um, but yeah if, I'm going to take you off and then uh, you say to Sessignon like look you've just got a you just got to go and smash this up once you come on. I think you get the best of both worlds and I think that'll happen like in reverse quite a lot this season where basically they'll rotate those two. I, I wouldn't mind that to be honest but I also would be really happy for Sessing on the start. I thought he was fantastic.
2: But you, T? Uh, yeah, I think Paris is probably the most likely two, to start of all of them. Um, I don't see Hojbjerg and Benton Kaur being broken up to accommodate the just yet. So I say Paris is most likely but... As for them getting involved in things, there's so many games. We've got a Champions League at the start of September and the League Cup would be September, I believe, at some point as well. So there are plenty of games and someone like Conte, who's won so much in football, they've really got to listen to him and think, you know what, this club is success starved. I'm one of the best managers in the world. This is how I believe I'm going to bring back success to this massive club and make their fans happy again. Just suck it up. and. They all seem like fairly level-headed guys, um, the, the players that have signed anyway. So I don't expect any of them to fully kick off.
0: No, not at all. I, I would, as soon as they're fully fit, I would I would put Basuma in for Hojbjerg. That's the only direct replacement. Perisic for Cession, I understand. Cession, you, you've got to... Now he's getting his confidence back. You want to nurture that because he is the long-term solution for that role. But Perisic is so good, you don't want to deny that either. So sort so, like you said, you know get him off on 60 minutes, suck him off, get get on uh, back on the pitch. Um, one final question um, from Houston Dynapod. Uh, they've got a podcast called called Houston Dynamo Podcast. <laughs> I don't well, think how did you figure
1: that one
2: out? Guess <laughs> by the clues.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't get the Dynamo and pod I was unsure about what well, if that meant podcast or not. Uh, I've only been there this 11 years. Uh, the, I, I don't even know if it's even related to Tottenham. So just given the Shout out to Houston Dynapod. Uh Houston Dynamo FC podcast. Banter shithousery and dirty jokes. Sounds like us. Um yeah, uh, so his question is if you had to pick one member of the fighting cock to murder in exchange for Conte staying ten years at Spurs, who would you pick? Why would you pick that person? And how would you murder them? I mean, we could murder Bardi because he's not I mean, technically he's extra inch, isn't he? So if we if we Murder him. We're helping us and hurting them. Pickaxe through the skull. I... <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'd be, I'd be a sniper on the roof, and he'd be getting a Starbucks. And as soon as he leaves there uh, right through the skull.
0: Oh, it'd be much more personal for me, up close, with a knife <laughs> or a brick. I'd batter body with a brick in your face.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's that? What's that? Oh, you're good no not anymore they're not they can't be a dying breast Barty say something else oh, God. we gave you contact yeah you did thanks enjoy eternity <laughs> yeah that's why
1: I'm doing this because we want to keep him yeah. okay, say goodnight Denise bosh alright we're
0: agreeing murder body. Yeah, ok no. this has been the Fighting Cop podcast thank you so much boys hope you enjoyed it we'll be back next week after we've triumphed against Chelsea no doubt remember if you're any kind of a decent human being and you have run out of pornography, use NordVPN.com forward slash the and uh, access more. Cock, cock, cock.